good to be in the house of the Lord. Can't think of a better place to be yet. Can't think of a better Savior to serve. Can't think of a better group of people to be here with. If you have your Bibles uh, this morning, we'll be in the uh, a different book. I'll say that right off the bat. We'll be in the book of the Song of Solomon. Be in the book of the Song of Solomon. If you can't find the Song of Solomon, if you'll find Proverbs, which is right in the middle, you'll find Ecclesiastes right after that, then you'll find the Song of Solomon to help you find that. And if you will, as we do every Sunday when you find the Song of Solomon, if you would please stand and reverence through the reading of the Word of God. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, starting reading with verse 8. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 8 says this, is the voice of my beloved. Behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. Lord, we thank you for the scripture uh, that you've inspired upon our hearts. Lord, I pray uh, that you would help us this morning. I pray that you would uh, have your spirit come down, Lord Father, and, and flow from breast to breast. And Lord, we just want to obey you in all things. Lord Father, I pray for conviction this morning. I, I pray that we can draw closer to you before it's everlasting too late. Uh, uh, just have your will and way throughout the remainder of this service. I, I thank you for the Sunday school hour that you blessed us with. I thank you for the choir. Lord, I thank you, uh, Lord Father, for the ones that had a desire to come uh, to the house of God, Lord Father, this morning. And uh, Lord Father, just bless us and just use us in a mighty way this morning. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. amen. You can be seated this morning. Uh, we want to take a little bit of time in the book of the Song of Solomon. Uh, I, I guarantee that I, I, don't, I never remember preaching this book. Uh, uh, this book, if you've ever studied it and uh, took some time with it, you'll, you'll realize it is nothing but a, a love testament. It's, it's sort of a, a bondage between a, a man and a woman. It's, a, it's showing the bondage between the, uh, the, 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 the bride and the bridegroom uh, in a lot of different ways we can apply the Scripture that's in uh, the Song of Solomon. Uh, uh, some of you may even read romance novels and watch uh, uh, romantic comedies when you get home. Uh, I want you to know that if you want to see romance in the truest form... Uh, uh, you can turn to God's Word uh, and you can find here a book uh, that shows us how to love uh, our spouse uh, and how to love our Lord and Savior, uh, how, to, how to go forth and look. And we want to take some time this morning uh, on uh, what it shows here in chapter 2, verses 8, even all the way to the end uh, in, in this chapter. Uh, we want to look at how relationships uh, uh, prosper and how relationships can do well, uh, uh, what a healthy uh, relationship looks like. Uh, now, I don't know why God put that on my heart this week. Uh, I guess maybe I need a better relationship with my wife. I don't know. Uh, but I want you to know uh, each and every one of us can have a better relationship with our spouse, uh, uh, with people. Uh, I want you to know if you're not married or, or if you're widowed or if anything like that, uh, uh, this scripture applies to you too. Or we're just going to get to you a little later into it. But we want to take some time and look at uh, the very first verse that we read. <coughs> it says, the voice 
of my beloved. And it's got an exclamation point after that. I like that. The voice of my beloved. Now what does that show about Shulamite? Now if you read uh, uh, chapter 6 verse 13 of this, this exact book, the only place that it references exactly who, is, who Solomon is speaking to and who is writing part of this and speaking is, is somebody that's referred to as Shulamite. Now that's not her name. Uh, uh, Shulamite is somebody from the city of Jerusalem. It was somebody uh, from Jerusalem Jerusalem in that day when they're writing this. <coughs> but as this Shulamite is writing, she says, The voice of my beloved. And it's got an exclamation point. We want to take some time uh, to realize that when we see our spouse, our significant other, <coughs> the one that we love today, uh, there should be an excitement about us uh, when they come home, uh, when you ain't seen them in a while. Uh, hey, how many of you, when you get home and, you, and your spouse gets home, you have an excitement about you uh, to see the one to come home and love on them? Hey, I ain't the type that wants to lay down every problem I got in the world as soon as my wife hits the door. I know that she's had a long day. Uh, she takes both my children to school in the morning. She picks both my children up and she comes home and she's probably already had a kid screaming <coughs> for 30 minutes in the car before they get home. Oh, Lord help her if I came to the door and said, Kimberly, my day was just so bad. It was just so horrible. The things I had, to, I don't do those things. I'm not saying I got the best relationship in the world. Hey, but your spouse and the one you love don't want to be covered up in problems when you ain't seen each other all day. Hey, there needs to be an excitement about seeing somebody that you love come home. There needs to be an excitement about seeing somebody that you love when it's been a few hours, when it's been a few minutes. We need to have an excitement about us when we see somebody that we love. And that can apply to all the way across the board. Well, we focus on spouses just for a minute because this is a spousal letter here. The voice of my beloved. Have an excitement. I want you to notice that there's an excitement in her voice, but, but watch, watch what he does too. I like this too. It says, it says this, Behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. Now what does that mean that Solomon's doing? Uh, first of all, we realize that she is excited. And what does it say? It says that my, the voice. Now what does that mean? The voice? That means she was what? She was listening. It doesn't mean she heard. There's a difference between listening in a relationship and hearing in a relationship. Hey, men, hey, y'all pay attention. Hey, men, there's a difference between listening and hearing. I hear a lot of things in my home, I, I guarantee. I hear a lot more than I listen to. I need to be a better listener to my children, and a listener to my wife. And if she's not here, but she would 100% agree, and if she hears this message later or whatever, she'll grin like an old possum. She'll say, yeah, yeah, he needs to listen better. And every woman in here is probably, if you sit next to you, <laughs> hey, hey, you need to listen. We do. We need to listen to our spouse, listen to the problems that they have, and that's what she was doing. She was listening. She didn't hear her spouse. She was listening, looking forward to what her spouse had to say. She heard him coming. But Solomon was the one leaping upon the hills, skipping upon the hills, <coughs> leaping upon the mountain. Hey, what does that say that Solomon was doing? He wasn't dragging his rear end home real slow, was he? He wasn't saying, oh, I got to see that Shulamite woman. <laughs> oh, how many of us, hey, we get off work, we drive 10 miles an hour slower than we got to work. 
We need to be trying to get home. We want to see our, our loved ones. We want to see our spouse. We, want to, we look so forward to them that we're running. We're almost out of breath when we get there because we want to embrace the ones that we love. Hey, in a marriage, in a, in a relationship, in the home, hey, the house place needs to be a place that we're excited to see each other and we want to see each other. We want to love on one another. I do. I want to go home and see my wife. I love it when she comes home and I get to see her. How many of us, when we get home, truly, think about it during the week, we just embrace each other when we see each other when we get home. We love each other, boy, we just tell each other how much. How we, oh, let's go home and look at verse 9. Verse 9 says this. It says, My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. If you've got a King James Version Bible, I'm sorry, that's hard to understand. I'm going to paint a little picture and interpret these words. A roe is a gazelle, and a young heart is like a young deer. Now that's talking about youngness, looking upon each other, attraction. What it's saying is, I got a hunk of a man. <laughs> that's what it's saying. Boy, he looking good. That's why, hey, some of y'all might be blushing or something, I might be smiling, but I want you to know, that's what she's saying in this particular place. I've got a hunk of a man coming home. i got somebody that I'm attracted to. i got somebody that I love. I'm excited for him to come home. How many of us truly get excited when they come home? The beloved is like a young, behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the window, show himself through the lattice. Well, he just gave it a sneak peek. Hey, I'm coming home, baby. We laugh at that, but I want you to understand, we've got to have a strong, affectionate love with our spouse. Well, we got, we got spousal love sometimes. How many of you have been married? You married? Hey, we've been married, me and my wife, for seven years. And we've been here, and we've been here. We've been here, I guarantee it. We've been here, and we've been there. We've had wonderful times. We've had hard times. We've had times that we had difficulties getting along. We had times that we're boy every time we see each other. Our faces lit up and we smile. And everybody that goes through a marriage, through a relationship, I want you to know you got good times and you got bad times. But I want you to know, beyond all those things, the Shulamite woman and Solomon, guess what? They went through good times and they went through bad times, but they still got excited to see each other. They still loved each other no matter what was going on. And they were excited. They wanted to see each other. How many of us can really think about uh, this? Just I'll just even I'll even charge you just back to Monday, five days during the week, and if you had to spend all day with each other Saturday, was you truly excited? I get a whole day with my spouse. I'm excited to see them. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to pour out my heart to them. One thing that a healthy relationship, the first point is, it produces excitement. A healthy relationship. That's the first thing we're going to talk about. And look at it produces. Excitement. How many ever excited to have a day at home with your spouse? Have some private time to talk to one another, to love one another, to do all the different things that spouses do. Hey, I look forward to those things. Do we truly, as married people today, as people with relationships, do we look forward to it? It goes on to say this in verse 10. It says, My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise, my love, my fair one. And come away. Do you notice how he speaks sweetly to her? How many of us, oh, you men kind of keeping your head down, that's fine. How many of us truly speak lovely to our wives all the time? Just say nice things. Uh, there's a book called The Love Book or whatever it is. The, the I don't know what it's called. 
It shows you the five love languages and different things like that. And all of us got different kind of love languages. I would, I would challenge each and every one of you to find out what kind of love language your spouse has got. I know what my wife's is. I know what mine is. And you know what we do? We try our best. Even during the week, I notice what she's, try, what she's doing. I say, I know what you're doing. You're trying to feed my love language. A few hours later, she says, you're trying to feed my love language too. You know why? Because we're excited to see each other. We love each other. And I'll say time and time again through this message, I'm trying to paint a pretty picture to what a healthy relationship is. And me and my wife's relationship as there's ups and downs just like everybody else's, but we need to have a healthy one no matter what. We have to show excitement. I've got to speak nice to her. It goes on to say this, For lo, oh, 11, through, 11 through 14, y'all, y'all listen to what this says. Uh, first of all, the relationship had to have excitement. This is the next thing it's got to have. For lo, the winter has passed, the rain is over and gone. And what does it say in verse 12? The flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing birds has come. The voice of the turtle is heard in our land. It says, The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give me give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. What is it trying to tell us? The second thing a healthy relationship has to have is it has to have life. It has to have life. Now, a lot of people will misunderstand it. You're trying to to say have children. Nope. That may be a part of it eventually for some people. A healthy relationship has to have life. There was something dormant in a single person's life. I remember when I, when I was single before uh, I met Kimberly, I had something that was missing in my life. There was something that was not there. My wife entered into the picture. I was only 15 years old when we first started dating. But I remember that there was a spark within me that something changed in my life. Right in here, I started having life. I changed. I had a purpose. I had something to live for. I had something to do. I had somebody to be a part of it with me. I had somebody that I could confide in, somebody I could talk to. It says the flowers appear on the earth. Now, when this is being written, it's not talking about it's springtime. A lot of people will just read this and say, it could have been springtime. But the, the whole point of this is not about springtime and the, and the flowers and blossoming and the birds singing. It's talking about life is coming forth from this relationship. Good things come forth from this relationship. Good things continue to grow. And not physically having children, but the relationship deepens. And you get to be able to understand each other. You have life beyond anything that you've had before. We need to have life. Now, a lot of people today, and I'll go ahead and tell you, uh, church, there's a lot of people that say that I can change somebody. I hear young people say that a lot. I hear people say, well, I can change him. I can change her. You have one person that's a Christian. You have one person that is not. You have one person that reads their Bible. You have one person that does not. You have one person that is dedicated to church. You have one person that is not. Young people, I'll tell you today, right now, that you cannot change anybody. That has hurt y'all's feelings. You dating somebody that is not in church, does not love the Lord, I want you to know, if you date them long enough, I have seen it enough, Brother Dwayne, that what happens is the Christian person falls out of church. The Christian person that was reading their Bible does not read their Bible any longer. The one that was dedicated to God is no longer dedicated to God. Now why does that happen? Because you cannot change somebody. Somebody has to change their self. 
That's how relationships work. I can't go, I, I didn't meet my wife and say, I'm going to change everything about her. That wasn't what I was attracted to. And she already had the things that I want. She was a Christian. And she was a deeper Christian than I was. And I say it many, many times. I guaranteed in her prayer life that she's had a better prayer life than me almost the whole time we've ever been married, the whole time we, by far we ever dated. And she read her Bible and she studied her word way more than me. I didn't look at that and say I wanted to change that. I looked at that every week and said, I want to be like that. I looked at that every week and I said, there's life. There's somebody I can confide in. There's somebody, the thing's springing up in her life. It goes on in verse 14. It says, oh, my dove. It says, thou art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. And that's talking about the mountain. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice, for, thy, for, for sweet is thy voice. And thy countenance is comely. What it's saying is you're, you're attractive. I, I want you to come out. You're beautiful. I want to see you come out. Understand this. What this is saying is this dove that she's calling out. I, I have people that I can pour my heart out to. I have a wife that I can go to right now when I get home and we can go and we can close the door. We can have a deep conversation. We can cry and we can hug each other. We can praise the Lord. And we can go into a place that we can, we can show each other each deep what I worry about, the things that scare me, the things I, I think about my children going to different places when they get older. I can pour my heart out to that person. Hey, that's just what the Shulamite woman and Solomon had with their relationship. Uh, they're calling each other to come out of the mountainside. Uh, quit hiding your emotions in the mountainside. Uh, quit hiding your problems. Uh, how many of us have a spouse uh, that we can't go to and tell our problems to? That hurts the relationship. If I can't tell my wife the problems I've got going on, brother, I just hold on to them and they get worse. If I don't have a wife that I can say, you know, I didn't really like that chicken you cooked last week. And I'm just, I'm just painting something simple. If I can't go to her and tell her my problems, if I can't go to her and pour out and say, you know, I just don't like what we're doing. I don't I don't like how, we're, how things are going. I don't, I don't like how this is going. I don't like how that is going. Church, we've got to have somebody that we can be like that dove that's hiding itself in the mountainside, that's protected. It's always nice to feel protected, isn't it? It's always nice to know that you're okay. But sometimes we've got to let it out. We've got to let our spouse, we've got to let people in our relationship know. We've got to have life. And that's what life is in a relationship is being able to pour our heart out to one another. What kind of life do you have with your spouse? It goes on in this, verse 15. It says, take us the foxes. And this is the third point. You've got to produce excitement in a relationship. You've got to, have, you've got to be excited to see that person. You've got to produce life. The third thing is this. It says, take us the foxes. The little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. If you understand what's going on in this time frame, they have vineyards. They have rock walls built to keep foxes out, but those foxes are good about running up them old walls. The walls ain't real tall. But what happens is a family, they don't plant a vineyard, build the walls, and build their house over here. That's not how it happens. When a family, when a spouse, when they get together, they have children, what have you, and they build the house. They build the house in the middle of the vineyard. Why? They build the house in the middle of the vineyard because foxes are sneaky. Foxes will come in, and if you don't watch 24-7, foxes will come in and eat the blooms, eat the grapes, eat everything, destroy a certain part of your garden. 
And what do they do the next day? You come out and you find it and you say, well, I'm just going to go back in the house and not pay attention. They'll come in the next night, they'll destroy the next part, and they'll destroy the next part. Now that vineyard is their livelihood. The vineyard is what supplies for their relationship, for their family. I want you to know that those little foxes, we need to catch them up. It's telling us that we have to stand on guard. What does that tell us? We have to be ready to resolve conflict. That's the three things a relationship takes. We've got to be excited for each other. We've got to produce life. And we have to be ready to resolve conflict. Whoa. Church gets quiet sometimes when you preach on things they don't really like. We have to be ready to resolve conflict. How many of you have had a disagreement this week? I ain't going to ask you to raise your hand. I did. Had a disagreement? I, we don't get in big arguments. You know, we have been together for, Lord help us, 16 years. We've been dating or married. And we don't have big arguments. Now, I get huffed up and get mad. And I want you to realize that's the two problems in a relationship. The two, and women don't get mad, men don't get mad at me. There's two big problems in every relationship and every marriage. And, and I'll tell you what they are. Men get angry. Women do not like submission. You don't like that, do you? Men, you get angry. Women do not like submission. Some of you women's going to say something when you walk out. I ain't going to submit to my husband all the time. And man's going, well, I ain't angry all the time. That's the biggest cause of all problems in a household is anger and submission. Imagine you have problems in your life and your husband's angry. Your wife won't submit. You go on and you try to resolve conflict, but you, your man are still angry and the woman still won't submit. I ain't telling you every woman's got to lay over like a dog and take everything her husband says, but the Bible tells us that the man is the head of the household. The man is a spiritual leader. He is to lead the household. He is to do certain things to lead his household in the right direction, and the woman is to follow him and to be a helpmate. It's very clear. I think there's some women that do way more than they should, and there's some men that do way more than they should. But the two biggest problems is anger and submission. You say, Zach, how can I, how can I get this type of relationship? How can I get it? Some of you might be angry, I don't know. Some of you, when you get this message, you look at it, you say, how do I get something like that? I, I, I can't do it. There's no way that I can do exactly what this says. And I want you to know it's very simple. It's very simple. It says, my beloved is mine, and I am his. He feedeth me among the lilies. What does that show? That shows great comfort. I even wrote some words down. I, I looked at it. It says, it's got safety. It's got security. It's got growth. It's got trust. It's got admiration. It's got possession. It's got everything that a relationship needs right there. And they protect one another. They love one another. They comfort one another. We have to have that if we want a healthy relationship. And I'm done preaching to the married folks. We're done. Now I'm going to preach to the lost. Do you want excitement in your life? You want somebody that you're excited to have in your life? You want somebody 
that you can produce life with. The Bible tells us that we become a different person. We become different creatures. The Bible tells us multiple times to look at that tree and look at the fruit that it produces. Look at the life that that person produces. Hey, if you want to produce life, you have to have Christ. And I want you to know, if you want to resolve conflict, (laughs) there's one person that I know of that can fix every problem that you have. If you may go through life and you want to resolve conflict, if you lost today, if you're married today, if you're widowed, if you're single, if you're young and you ain't never dated nobody, it doesn't matter. If you want to resolve conflict, we have the chief conflict resolver. I have somebody that can take care of all problems. I have somebody that loves me beyond all my faults. And there's a lot of them. I want you to know today, if we truly want to add excitement to our lives, We're talking about spouses to begin with. But let's look at the bridegroom and the bride, the church today. You have something to be excited about in the house of God. You have something to shout about when you come through the doors. You may get excited when your spouse comes home, but how excited are you to worship God when you come to the house of God to worship Him? How many of you lay back when you sing in a choir and you sing harder than you've ever sung before in your life because it may be the last chance you get to be in a choir and worship Him before you meet Him face to face? How many of us when we go out into this old world we get ready to produce life because it may be the last chance we get to truly produce life, to show people the way, to tell people that Jesus loves them and how if you're going to go to the grave don't go to the grave with a problem against your family or the problem against your neighbors resolve the conflict bring Jesus into it pray for that person how many of us go through life with problems with people I do how many of us go through times where we don't produce the life that we should I do and how many of us don't have the excitement that we once had I do I've been talking about marriage this whole time, but now we're talking about life in general. I have something I should be excited about. I have something I should be on fire about. I have something that I can look forward to each and every day and praying to a Savior that loves me. I have something that I can look forward to. If you lost today, you don't understand, but I'm glad the Scripture tells us that He stands at the door and He knocks. All you have to do is open. If you want to be saved today, if you want excitement in your life, if you want love that passes all understanding, if you want to be able to resolve the problems in your life, the problem solver is Jesus. You can't fix nothing. I've tried to fix things in my life. I have tried to do things my way. Woo! Every time it just falls apart. Verse 17. And I'm closing with this verse. It says, Until the day break and the shadows flee away, turn, my beloved, and be thou like a row or a young heart upon the mountains of Bether. So stay with me. Stay with me. Isn't that what every one of us wants? We want somebody that's there for us and will stay with us. We want somebody that will be there through thick and thin, through hard times, through good times. And y'all may be upset that I poked and prodded in your relationship and pointed out all the faults in it. But I want you to know we've got a Savior. We've got a supreme sacrifice that came. We have a Jesus Christ that came. That came as that person. That came as that payment. That came as that love. I want you to know this morning right now, you may ask yourself, how? How can I get this relationship? I can't get this relationship. There's no way that my spousal relationship can be like you described. There's no way that my relationship with Jesus can be like you described it. I want you to know that you can. The Bible tells us very simply that I can do all things 
through Jesus Christ, which strengthens me. I can do it. I, I ain't no can't. Ain't, there's a won't. <laughs> I won't do things because I can't do it myself. I want you to know, if you want a relationship, if you want a, a marriage, if you want a relationship with Jesus, uh, we've got the perfect outline uh, to a relationship in the Song of Solomon. Uh, can you be like this? And love unconditionally. Be excited. Come to church. Whoa, all things are possible. I want you to know something. I love my wife and my wife knows I love her. I, I, I tell her a lot, but I've also told her that I love somebody more than her. And I can't help it. My wife ain't never saved me from a place called hell. My wife ain't never went on a cross and died for me. I want you to know that relationship I'm showing you should be a spousal relationship, but if you're missing the relationship with Jesus, there's something empty in your life. You know that dormancy I was talking about when you're single? You're missing something in your life. You know, you get married and you think that answers the problem. That ain't how it works. We think that, well, if we have kids, if we have some children, that'll fill the missing part in our life. That doesn't fill it either. We go on and we get a little older. We, we, we want to get a better paying job. That'll fill our love and our life. That'll fill that emptiness. If we do drugs, if we drink, if we party, if we have all the friends in the world, that'll fill it. But it doesn't. I've seen so many people go to the grave looking for something. They're looking for something their whole life and they never find it. I want you to know, we know what it is and it's Jesus. If you want something in your life that will fill you up, give you excitement, give you something to live for, give you something to shout about, give you life beyond anything you've ever understood and will give you the ability to resolve conflict because you love your brother, as the Bible tells us. It's through Jesus. As they get a verse of some song ready, this morning. Church, I don't know your hearts. I don't know your lives. I don't know why God put that message on my heart. Probably just for me. But I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you so much that He came and He died for you. Uh, Jesus came and He lived that life. Why? So He could pay the ransom for a lost sinner like me. For somebody that wasn't worth nothing. Oh, cussing, nasty-minded teenage boy, He saved me. He saved me, He'll save you. Oh, I've made a lot of mistakes since I got saved. Oh, I've slipped up. I've said things I shouldn't have said. I've done things I shouldn't have done. But I want you to know that He keeps the excitement in my life. I got saved at 15 years old. And, mm, I still got that excitement in my life. Praise the Lord. I've been married for seven years and I still got an excitement for my own spouse. I, I got an excitement to come to the house of God. I've got an excitement to serve Him. Do you have excitement? Do you have life? And do you have resolving of conflicts? Do you have that in your life? I'm glad that Jesus can give it to you. If you're missing that today, I want you to know you can get it this morning as we stand in